Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Just click on the other screen. Hey, everybody, welcome to uh, Facebook Live. This is Jim Porto. Glad you are with us this afternoon and uh, hope you uh, have some questions for us. Give us a call, 657. 657- Three eight three zero eight one two. Again, that number is six five seven three eight three zero eight one two. And uh, to get in the queue, just press the number one. One of our call screeners will get a hold of you. You'll be able to talk to them right away and let them know what's happening. Be as succinct as possible with that question. Um, they're not there actually to coach, but they're there to help you get on the air so we can answer your question. Of course, as you can tell by the accent, uh, I am not Dr. Joe Bean. He is out for the day. And uh, but don't despair. Uh, myself and Aaron Hood are here. Um, Aaron's one of our client representatives here at Marriage Helper, been with us for a while, does an amazing job at helping our clients give us a call and how we can answer questions and help you find out more information and next steps in order for you to be a part of the answer to your marriage solutions. And uh, so we're really, really glad you're here. We have a number of folks in the queue. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Just, you know, I got some good sleep over the whole weekend and that's a big piece <laughs> of it. So, uh, but we really are glad you are here. And um, again, if you're on our Facebook page on the Marriage Helper Group, go ahead and uh, type in some questions there. We don't always get to those questions, but uh, nevertheless, if we have a little extra time, we will hop on that, get to it and make it work. Um, if there are some technical difficulties that happen, you know, this is live. And uh, just like, I don't know if you're watching the Grammys the other night or any of those, they're always having some crazy things that go on with film. Same thing happens with us occasionally, but we're going to keep rolling, um, even if it's audio, sometimes video, but we're going to get as many questions answered today as possible. So stay with us. Answer, uh, you can put those questions in there if you would like. And like I said, with the Facebook, we'll get a part of it. In addition to that, following the show, you can always give us a call here at Marriage Helper, six one, uh, sorry, 866-903-0990. And you could speak with one of of our client representatives. Again, they're there to help you find your next step. They're not coaches, but they can uh, at least help you see where you can go next in order to help you have the best marriage possible. So we're excited that you are with us today. So um, we have a number of people in the queue. Jesse, we go ahead and go with that? Yeah, we're not live on Facebook. We have a connection issue, but you guys can talk to people through okay. Blog Talk right now. Okay, cool. So, so it looks like Facebook is having an issue with us, but we're on Blog Talk and we're available to have that call. Aaron, why don't right. we go and take our first call? All right. And right. All right, Adam. Hey, Adam from Georgia. How you doing, Adam? This is Jim. Uh, hey, Jim. Uh, hi, Aaron. Uh, you guys hi. are awesome, uh, Jim. I, oh, I listen kind. to your podcast. I've listened to your podcast about ten times and taken notes that you did with Kimberly some time back. Uh, oh. It's all gold. Um, oh man, you're, you're very kind. Is, yeah. Uh, the uh, question I have is. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm older. Uh, we, we have four grandsons. They're all my step-grandsons, but, you know, I, I raised all of them. And anything that I – and things are going great. Thanks to your marriage coaching, I've, I've really – the situation has just really improved. She's texting me almost every day, just random stuff. And uh, we've had 100%, 100% positive interaction since I've been working with Jared Pratt. 
uh, back mm-hmm. uh, starting in January, around January 8th or so. Um, there has been some blow-ups over her, you know, I guess in a more negative state, has, has accused me of using the grandsons to try to uh, ma- manipulate her. And so my question is, and, and Jared's really come a long way helping me with this, but do you have any recommendations for doing the right things for the right reasons, like when it comes to my grandsons, and even also just contacting her. Um, I'm worried about, I I tend to err on the side of reaching out too much. And Mm -hmm. uh, I just want to know if you had any extra advice uh, in that situation. That's a great question. Thanks thanks so much, Adam. And let me ask you a question. Has she told you anything specifically not to do? In other words, call me less or text me less or things like that? Uh, She, back in uh, last year, in early October, she said I need space, so I backed off for two weeks, and then she came to me at a ball game. And then back uh, uh, in um, around the weekend of January 19th, we spent like 30 hours together that weekend, and she sent me a text saying I want boundaries, I don't, you know, I don't want to be cordial. And then, sure enough, two weeks later, you know, she so she she vacillates is what I, Jared taught me. Um, okay. So right now we're in a, a, another period of. He's taught me, like, you know, don't go for 30 hours in a weekend. You know, just spend maybe the Saturday. So we spent 10 hours together Saturday with a grandson. And then, like, Sunday, I, I, I said to her, you know, do you want to take him to a movie? If not, that's cool. And I try to, every time I ask her something, I try to say, if it's up to you. If you don't want to, that's cool, you know, to give her an out. But uh, I didn't know if, if those outs are good enough to negate reaching out too much. Well, it's difficult to say, my friend. Um, I do know that uh, when people say they need space, it's for a number of reasons. It's not always the the negative ones that folks grab. Sometimes what you'll find out is people say, "Well, I need some space," and the first thing their spouse says, "Oh, they're 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 they want to go away from me," and and that's not necessarily the the case, especially if your wife is an introvert. So true introverts, so true introverts rather are, are filled, refilled. Um, when they're alone. Now, I'm the opposite of that, right? My wife is an introvert. She's happy to go home, chill out. She doesn't talk to anybody or anything like that. When it comes to me, not the same. I'm filled up with them when I'm with a group of people. So, one, be willing to accept the fact that that might be, she just might need some space in that arena. Um, and it doesn't hurt to ask every once in a while, which is, you know, say whatever, you know, you don't have to give her name now, but you give her name, talk to her, say, hey, you know, um, I just want to make sure I'm respecting you and your time. And, uh, you know, I don't, having those communities communication pieces is very important because you're not guessing. You don't have to guess at what she wants. And I know probably in my time, the, the most often I screw up is when I guess um, with my own wife, with friends, with anything. So short, succinct um, uh, questions. And then don't be upset about the question if you hear it. Uh, as far as the answer goes, be willing to just hear it so you can be that safe place. Um, I know that a lot of times when people feel that uh, the, the space issue, for lack of a better um, term, it, it many times it comes from the, the spouse doing something I call GPSing. Um, so, you know, your, your GPS has a little thing there where you can push a button that says, where am I? And it'll tell you exactly where you are. Um, and I think that, that uh, couples often, especially those that are more engaged than, than their spouse, will find themselves going, you know, where are we? What are we doing? And they realize that that may be too overt. 
And so the way they handle that is by asking it in, in a roundabout kind of way through multiple questions. Or they use, and I'm not saying this is you at all, um, Adam, let me be clear, but they'll use um, ex- external means, um, children, grandchildren, things like that, uh, maybe a job, a common job they have, or a league they're a part of to say, well, you know, how are we going to get together for the league? They're not really looking for that. They want to see when they can be with them. And it's completely understandable because you miss them and you want to be there. Nevertheless, people pick up on that pretty quickly. And, uh, and so if, if that's happening with you, if you have the grandsons or the grandchildren and, and, and you're constantly reaching out, um, why don't you just ask her? It seems like you said you guys have had some, some positive interaction, you said, and there have been some blow-ups where she interprets that. Ask her how she sees it that way, and that could be helpful. So, uh, and let me just, I'm sorry if I got to, you know, I'm, I'm kind of slow, but so if, if I ask her to do something like the President's Day, she's off, and she's mentioned this week, and she goes, oh, I got a day off, I don't know what I'm going to be doing, and I thought, well, she wanted me to ask her. So I thought I would take her to a, there's a little town nearby that's real cool, if I asked her to go, but I go, just offering this, you know, it's up to you. Are, are those outs, do they help negate reaching out? If that's, you know, of course, I hate to be rejected, but th- <laughs> don't does we giving all? those outs help her, right? Does, does giving her those outs help to mitigate that? I think they're uh... – I think yes. So the short answer is yes. Um, again, and I don't know that every time you have to be like, hey, look, you can say no or no is a good answer. I think once you set those perimeters with her, you can then just have a conversation. Explain the conversation to her for a second. And again, succinctly or shortly is very important for you to tell her, hey, just want to let you know, um, you know, I, occasionally I'll offer you things. And when I offer those, it's just because I thought you might want to do it. But there's no strings attached and things like that. I think that's an important piece of it so that she doesn't feel obligated at that point. Um, but but resist overthinking, man. Overthinking hasn't solved a lot of pro- uh, a lot of problems in my experience. Um, it could many times, you know, cause us to to overtalk or overthink it. Yeah, that's me for sure. And, la- and last question, just to kind of uh, you know make this point. Uh, so I, you know, there's one one grandson I've been cut off from over this manipulation thing, and it was I honestly haven't done much at all in that area. I think she just you know pushed back too hard. And uh, her older son has more or less said, you know, you can't see him now. Um, and it is, you know, how, how can I, because now I'm afraid to make legitimate efforts to see my grand, some of my grandsons. Uh, and, and I want to emphasize, I mean, I've done nothing, you know, at all stalky or anything else. It's just, I think, some overreaction on, on their part. But she's told them he's just trying to get back, you know, trying to get me back. But I think that she retracted that later. But uh, do I still make those overtures and decide I'm doing this for the right reason? Like I want to take him, my grandson to the movies and just do that instead of being afraid to, to ask. I think it's a good question. I, I, I don't think you should ever be afraid to ask unless you're continually asking. So to have a conversation with your, um, your son or your stepson or whatever um, would probably be the route I would choose if I were you, because that's the father um, you know, so go direct to the source um, and see if there's any perimeters that he has on it. Um, and then once he approves of it, if you're concerned about how your wife might feel, you might want to bring it along in her way. Then once you get an answer that, you know, you, I always say I operate on my last known information. Um, so once you've received that information, I think you can operate on it. I would encourage you to avoid trying to work the back system on it, you know, talking through or uh, other people are expecting other people to deliver your message, you know, be the, be the messenger of, be your voice to, uh, to get the answer you need. 
Okay, that's good. Hey, th- thanks so much for your time. You guys are great. Yeah, buddy. Thanks so much for being a part of uh, what's happening here, and we'll keep you in our thoughts. Thanks, Adam. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. All right. Now, you ready for? Sure. All right. Um, we have Sam from Florida. Hi, Sam. Can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Hey, Sam. Welcome to the show. I'm Jim. I'm glad you could call in. What's your question? Um, my husband and I, um, he told me at the beginning of January, right after the New Year, that he wasn't in love with me, um, did not admit to an affair, that he 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 loves me, but he's not in love with me. Um, found out he was having an affair. Um, he kept telling me that he had already made up his mind prior to this affair happening, that he was going to tell me this. Um, long story short, it, we're about a month and a half into this. Um, it was very hard at the first couple of weeks. We're and now we're at a place where we do chat on te- over text. He's still at home. We have four kids, um, and um, basically we've we've been intimate with each other, but he still goes over to you know her house over the weekends. And he struggled with this weekend, maybe ending it with her, but of course he went back over there. And now he's back to square one. You know, he's back to, you know, I can't leave her. Um, Just back and forth and, like, him being intimate. I mean, it's early on, but, I mean, is is that any way that he's kind of already in the valley? Or, I mean, I'm not sure where he is emotionally. I I can see that he struggles with it all the time. He said, you know, he he does kind of want it to work out because at first he was saying, you know, no, he can't, he can't do it. He, he didn't see himself having, you know, working out for us. Mm-hmm. So. Well, Sam, I'm really sorry yeah, to hear just, that you are going through this. That's for sure. Um, uh, do you have any idea how long he's been in the affair? Oh, it's only been since right, uh, right after, right around Christmas. It happened. Okay. And this person, how does started. he know this person basically? He met through a mutual friend of ours. I don't know her. I know of her. Mm-hmm. All right. But he's still at home. You said you guys are intimate. Do you mean sex by that? or? Yes. yes. Okay. He, cool. he's, and he initiated it the first couple times that I've initiated. I mean, it, he's initiated most of it. Okay. And how do you feel about that? Are you okay with it? Yeah, I'm okay with it. I mean, it's... So the first, the very first time he initiated it, I think it was to see what kind of feelings he had for me, and I could tell he was struggling with it, but he put up that wall of like, okay, I don't know. But in, after that, it, it's been, the very last time we did, it was really good. <laughs> um, well, that's good to hear. But, you know, it was after we had that talk where he was basically saying, you know, yes, I kind of, you know, I want to make this work and we're talking about for the kids and stuff. And he was struggling with telling her, you know, he actually stayed home that night. He usually doesn't stay home Friday night. He stayed home Friday night with me and we, we made love and whatever. And he was very much struggling to call her or text her or try to end it, but didn't that night and then went over to her house because he couldn't do it over text. And I, Mm -hmm. and I knew this was going to happen as soon as he went to go see her, he was going to go back. Right. But you know, he was, but Sam, you seem like a wise a person, lot. that's for sure. Um, 
Uh, have you read some of our stuff on limerence on, on our website? Oh, yeah. Okay, yes. good. So then you have, a, you have a foundation of a basic understanding here um, of, of how just disconcerting and how crazy this, this condition can be. And, and as a person who was there myself for a while, um, I speak from a certain amount of experience when I say um, in, in – let me just discuss – say something real quick about stages of limerence. And I don't want you to get – I don't want you to get hung up on the stages. Those are not that important. And right. the reason they're not that important is because the remedy, so to speak, if I'm going to use something in quotes for it, it really doesn't matter if it's in, in the first part, second part, or third part. The remedy is still the same that we recommend, and I think that sometimes mm-hmm. people can get too caught up in the where are we type thing um, if we're not careful. But nevertheless, um, in, 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 in the first part of limerence and in the last part, deterioration, let's just say, um, it is not uncommon for a person to vacillate between the two. L- you know, limerence is both chemical and emotional. And what I mean by that is, is you're aware, you know, the, the dopamine is, is, is raised and the serotonin right. is decreased. So there's, there's mm-hmm. some pretty wild decisions that are going on there. Not to mention there's a certain amount of familiarity that happens within a, a, a person that becomes emotional. So when a person is in limerence and they connect with someone else and as they're building this lack of a better term a relationship so to speak even though we consider it under a diagnosis or or rather an evaluation of love to be fatuous the bottom line in that is these experiences are are real for that person and and they're they feel good to that person Mm -hmm. because there is there's a chemical response and an emotional response in urban as well all right so we're on the same page now so what happens then is when they start feeling like they want to come home for for many people um there's nothing nefarious about it there's legitimately a struggle an emotional struggle inside that says this is the right thing to do i want to do that i want to be a part of it but there's this strong pull that just brings them back almost like a drug addiction that occurs and so what happens is these people will, will, will jump back and forth a little bit, and it seems like it seems like you're on on top of that, that you're kind of aware of it. One of the things I want to encourage you to do right away is resist um, guessing or trying to understand what he feels or what he's thinking. Right. Okay. Okay. I can't tell you how important that is. Um, I, now, normally what people do is they're trying to figure it out because they think if I can understand, then I can either do this right or not do this thing in order to facilitate better forward movement. Does that make sense? Right. Yes, it makes sense. Well, of course, the struggle with that is if you got to get it right, <laughs> you know, and I think that's mm-hmm. that's the challenge, especially if a person's in limerence. And even if a person wasn't, when they're in this dichotomy of living in one relationship to another relationship, I think there's a real struggle that's there. So you're going to do better in your thinking um, if you if you avoid trying to guess where he is and what he's thinking. Now, if you have good dialogue, and, and this is different for every person, if you have good dialogue, then then ask, hey, you know, maybe you noticed or you thought that he was resistant to something or slow or whatever. Um, then ask, say, hey, you know, did I do something that that um, you know uh, upset you, or did I do something that you didn't like or whatever? And then be prepared well, like to hear days- that. The days, because there's some really good days and some really bad days. You know, there's like right. we'll have a good day and then we'll have a bad day where he's closed off. And I'll ask him, you know, uh, you know, are you okay? What's, you know, what, uh, you know, is there anything wrong? Are you, are, you know, do you want to talk? And he's like, nothing. Basically, his answer is this whole ordeal sucks. You know, this yep. stinks. You know, you know, he, he, 
he kind of wants to move out and I think it's financially, it's just not where we're at. Um, but, and because of, I work nights and he has to be home with the kids at night, he has to be home. Yeah. Um, but well, those aren't bad things. It's one of those, those things where things. he's, he, he, you know, he tells me, you know, I, I it, this, the situation stinks and he tells me he has emotions because this woman's telling, doing all the things that we lack in our relationship that I did. I, I admit to doing, um, mm-hmm. not help, making him feel loved is what happened. He didn't feel right. Loved. Right. And so he's getting that emotional connection from her. Sure. Well, you know, and you just described what so many people don't get when it comes to um, people disconnecting or, uh, their their spouse moving out or even affairs. These things are symptoms of the deeper issue that's connected to core. And what happens is that people emotionally disconnect. And and this is based on perception. I perceive you think or acting in a certain way against me. Um, we know the three most common reasons people get divorced. I don't feel loved. I don't feel liked. Um, I don't feel respected. So what happens there is a person gets there. Um, where they say, hey, you know what, my spouse doesn't appreciate me. And sometimes it's not even conscious. It's just a feeling they get. And then once they disconnect, well, the rest goes crazy. So if you keep in mind this, that that the connection between you and your husband, when you interact, when you speak, no matter what happens, is about establishing rapport um, in order to have a personal, um, positive, emotional connection. This positive connection brings positive influence. And so that positive influence means that you're able to speak to them not as his wife or not in a position, but rather a permission type influence, which is he wants to hear. He's soliciting feedback. So in a couple, I want to make a couple of recommendations for you if I can. You mind? No, no problem. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. (laughs) All right, good. Number one is don't mix business and pleasure. What I mean by that is if you guys are out having a fun time, um, don't talk about the relationship. Okay. You know, I, I always joke with clients a lot of times. I'll say someone says, hey, we went out to a real fancy restaurant, and, and I say, oh, really? Tell me about it. Was it great? Oh, no, it was terrible. And I say, what do you mean? Well, we went out to you know, Ruth's Chris, and, 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 and we started talking, and we were having a good time. And then I said, well, you know, hey, where do you think we're going? Or we started talking about the relationship, and it all went to H-E double hockey stick after that. And I was like, oh, no, okay, I get it. Don't mix business with pleasure. If you're going to fight, stay at home and fight for free. Don't go spend 100 bucks to fight, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. And so and so the, we say, well, why is this important? Well, not the hundred bucks isn't really why it's important. What's important is that this positive connection is based on positive interactions. John Gottman, one of the things he talks about is that for people to report satisfied relationships, there needs to be a high degree of positive versus negative interactions, both in perception and behavior. So that means when you guys go out, okay, if you if you spend time together, you're with your kids, you're watching someone on TV, whatever, and it's a positive experience that you live within that positive experience and don't confuse it with something else. And the obvious is because you now leave with a positive experience. Now, there are going to be times you have to discuss stuff, but find a time that's not connected to, you know, a, a positive interaction. That means you're beginning to build and reinforce um, new memories that he can now call upon when he has to think about y'all's relationship, thus creating positive um, emotional feedback. Does that make sense? Correct. Okay, It cool. makes sense. All right, good. Um, is there anything else I could, could answer for you? Um, no, I mean, just real quick. I mean, he, like he tells me, you know, the other day, 
you know, he's he's not in love. He loves me. He's not in love with me. But then, mm-hmm. you know, at one point during that chat Friday where it was where he was basically at that almost point of calling her and saying it's over and cutting it off, he, you know, he says, you know, it's it's you, it's always you, you know, that it's always been me. And that he, you know, he still has that little bit of, I guess, that he is in love with me a little bit. Mm-hmm. It kind of just hurts. And so I don't know. I'm just so confused by what he's trying to tell me. Yeah, I'm sorry, um, Sam. I do think that um, I don't know your husband, all right, but but I know a lot of times in situations like this that they don't even know what they feel. So I don't know about him. I know that when I was coming out of, of my place and was trying to communicate with Shannon a little better, I there were times I was talking to her and I didn't make any sense to anybody, all right? And it's just it's very difficult to place, um, you know, English adjectives on the emotions that we're feeling. And so we try to communicate and then fear sits in. And then, so now when fear comes in, I start hedging my bets a little bit because I really don't know. And the best thing I can, I can tell you to do is, is continue to work on your pies. And that's not just a patsy answer. That is a legitimate answer in regards to you being a healthy person, especially that I and the E next don't, don't allow. So resist as much as possible his daily responses or an event response to have influence on your vision. The vision is what you're looking okay. forward to, the relationship you're having. And so, listen, this weekend, Shannon and I got into an argument, okay? Believe mm-hmm. it or not, all right? Sometimes we schedule them just for fun, all right? No, we don't. But So <laughs> Shannon and I got in an argument. And in that, in that argument, in, in the middle of that, um, uh, I didn't like her. I didn't want to be I didn't want to be there with her at that moment. That's an emotional response to an event. Does it mean I don't love her? Not at all. And if I wasn't careful, I probably would have said things that would have been harmful to her emotion. But but we've developed some better habits. I don't get it right all the time. I got it right this time. Um, but nevertheless, sometimes we say things when we don't know what to say or we're very emotional that aren't necessarily accurate. And so I want to encourage you to avoid placing a lot of value on single statements or, or event-driven statements, which means an argument okay. or something connected to whatever, um, and hold to your vision of what you believe this is going to be. Continue, continue to create that positive emotional influence. Okay. Okay, girl. We'll keep you in our thoughts. Thanks yep. so much for calling. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for calling in. I know we have a lot of we have some people still online here, but give us a call, 657 657- Three eight three zero eight one two, and uh, we'd love to try to get you on the air with us today. I'm Jim Porto. I'm sitting in for Dr. Joe Beam. He's out for the day. My co-host is Aaron Hood, one of our um, client representatives here at Marriage Helper. We have a number of them here to serve you. We would love to help you any way that we can. If you don't want to speak on on air, but you want to uh, give our office a call and speak to one of our CRs, give us a call at eight six six nine zero three zero nine nine zero eight six six. Nine zero three zero nine nine zero, or you can join us on the web at uh, marriagehelper.com. You can fill out some information there for one of our reps to get back with you. We want to be able to serve you any way that we can. Aaron, we got another caller. We do. Um, uh, Angela, Angela from <clears throat> Arizona. Can you hear us? I can. Hi, Angela. Hello. Hey, Angela, if you do me a favor, if you have the volume turned up in, in your area, if you don't mind turning it down a little bit, sometimes we'll get a little echo, and uh, I feel like I'm in a stadium singing the national anthem here for a second. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, thanks for being up early and giving us a call here at uh, Marriage Helper Live. What's your question? 
Well, um, my husband and I have been separated now for about 10 months, and um, he said that he loves me but wasn't in love with me. And uh, recently, her anniversary actually was just last week, and uh, we celebrated it together, and he said that he feels better now in our relationship than he did a year ago. Um, But he's just kind of happy being in this space right now. And so I don't know when to push us out of this space because I told him that we can't live in this space forever where um, we're good, we hang out, we do things with the kids, but we don't have any alone time. We try to limit our us talk, you know, to like maybe once a month, like a check-in to see how things are going and that kind of stuff. Um, But we're just kind of stuck and I don't, but, you know, we're we're better. It took us, like, you know, seven months to get, you know, good. But we're just kind of stuck here now. So Okay. So what would be different if you were unstuck? Well, um, he's no longer pressing for a divorce, which is good. Um, he just wants it to kind of happen organically. But he is – we had this talk – our, our son's birthday party was on Saturday, and I know it was, like, the worst timing ever, but when we were saying goodbye, we hadn't seen each other for, like, a week, and I was like, you know, are we still good? And he was like, yeah, you know, I don't want to rip off the Band-Aid and make a a, a bad decision or a decision that we regret, and I just kind of want to help this along organically, but he doesn't want to date, and he doesn't want to um, spend alone time yet. He just is comfortable. So I guess what would be different is we would – you know, work more towards reconciliation, that would be my hope. But he says that he's just still unsure if he still wants to be married. Um, but he – so now he's, like, on the fence. So I don't I don't know what to do with that. Like, Okay. Well, <clears throat> first of all, Angela, thanks for giving us a call on it. And I am glad to hear that you guys are communicating um, – Unfortunately, I speak to a number of people who go through this and then they hit this space where they're just not communicating at all. So that that is a really good thing to hear about. Um, let me just set a couple ground rules or basics here. You know, it's not uncommon for someone when they um, either feel like they're not in love or, in other, in other words, they emotionally disconnect from someone um, to to not be in a hurry to get back. And what I mean by that is is – for many people, it's awkward for them as well. So if you think about your awkwardness and your misunderstanding, um, most of the time these are good people who have done some bad things, um, just like I'm sure you would see yourself as. Well, you know, now it's coming back time, and I'm I'm doing my best to 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 see how I can not screw up again. Um, if I could refer back to my own relationship, you know, when I when I stepped out of the marriage and left. Um, I, I started looking at coming home at one point, and when I looked at coming home, it didn't make sense. And the reason it didn't is because I didn't understand why I'd done what I did. I didn't understand why I'd stepped out. It didn't make any sense to me. And so, so then I was afraid, well, what if I do it again? And then I was concerned, well, there was stuff Shannon did that made me upset. How do I talk to her about that? And then, and then will she ever forgive me? And even though she says she will, can me? And it was just all these crazy questions that kept coming in my mind as the person who had stepped out. So when she and I would get back together, there was a struggle 
in regards to to commitment on that. Um, there was a struggle with that. Now, I don't know what your husband's going through, but I don't think it would be unlikely for that to be a piece of what's happening. Um, he's 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 disconnected for a while. Um, that's an emotional disconnection. And once the emotional disconnection happens, physical, intellectual, all these other ones kind of follow behind it because it's the most sustainable piece of a relationship when people um, get together. For short term, we're worried about physical, but for long term, it's emotional. So for some reason, in his perception, he separated. Well, now that he's considering coming back, he may not even know what led to that perception. So what you are best served doing is being a safe place, um, which means in his time, when his time comes, if he shares these bricks with you, are you familiar with the term we use with bricks? I am. Beautiful. So when he shares these bricks with you, if you treat them with care and, and love, then you're going to be investing positively emotionally in, in his bank, so to speak. And that's a really, really powerful place to be. Now, let me put an asterisk there, maybe a little TV timeout, and say uh, the most common question I hear with coaching clients or talk to people about is, yeah, well, when is it my turn? Well, I'm not sure yet, but it's not then. In other words, if you have a long-term vision of the relationship and he is disconnected, you may have to delay that gratification for at least a short period of time. As you build emotional connection and he, he feels safer, then there's a high probability that he's going to begin to ask, how are you, or other um, opportunities will arise for you to be able to do that. And at that point, you're able to share and build intimacy. So it feels a little one way at first, but let me tell you a couple things that may help you be able to take that one way experience. Are, are, are you willing to hear that? I am. All right, beautiful. Number one is there are four ways that people get peace. Now, one of the ways that people can receive peace, in other words, in, in their own life, is to be able to accept things. And one of the things that I think might help you, um, Angela, is to accept where you are right now. Granted, it's not where you want to be. Um, we're regretful of the past, but nevertheless, that's where you are. So when I say that, that means you can't live where you're not. You're not, in, you're not living in, in the future. You're living today. That means he's not connected. You are. So, all right, I accept that. So here's the cost or here's what I need to do in order to be able to connect with him. Um, so, so don't try to live all the way in reconciliation. Live in the fact that right now you're kind of figuring things out, and that's going to help adjust your expectations of him. Does that make sense? It does, because I think that's what he means by the other day he told me that um, he feels like there's no pressure, and that's a good thing, because before I was like, you know, where are we going, where are we going, what are we doing? And now yeah. he doesn't feel like he doesn't feel like that anymore, and so he feels like we kind of just exhaled just a little. Yeah, I feel you. You said you have some children. How many children do you have? Uh, we have two, a 14-year-old and an 11-year-old. An 11-year-old. Do you remember when they were about four or five years old? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. And you take a little trip with them. Maybe they get to be about eight or nine, and you take another trip, and as you're driving, and they're going, Mommy, 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 are we there yet? Are we there yet? I always think that in my mind when, when couples <laughs> and people are asking each other, where are we? Are we there yet? You, you follow me or not? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't mean to be insulting with that, but it gives such a vivid picture in my own mind of what's going on. You know, are we there yet? And 
and and and I do understand part of it's the excitement. I'm I'm excited. We're about to get to Disney or whatever, but we're not there yet. And here's the thing, I want you know th- those kids are too immature. They're they're too young to understand the journey. But Angela, listen carefully to me. The journey you're on right now can teach you infinitely more than the destination you're about to reach. I'm telling you yeah. that what you're going through today and tomorrow, if you'll pause and look around and see your movement, you you might not think you're stuck anymore. And the reason I say it that way is is so often people are looking at the destination. You know, if I can use that Disney analogy, I want to be at Disney. I want to be here. And so what happens is two hours into the trip, we go, we haven't gone anywhere. And I say, well, why? Well, we're not at Disney yet. Yeah, but we've traveled, you know, 100 miles and we've passed this area. If you continue to look at the destination without evaluating the journey, you'll miss it. Now, I heard you looking at the journey earlier in our call because you were making statements like, you know, it's better now. It took like seven months, but we're texting and we're talking. See, that signifies movement. And every once in a while, you have to celebrate those mile markers, so to speak. Even though you're not where you want to be, you are moving. You might not be the speed you want, but you are moving in the direction you want to move. And if you don't push and you continue to do what he just gave you a great insight into him, this, this lack of pressure for a period of time, that's going to work in, in your favor. Now, often people go, well, it's been a month and he must be in the Valley. He's not in the Valley. It's in, you know, trust me, it's a month. Um, let's talk in nine months. And I know you're like, Oh, wait a minute. I don't hear that. But what I'm telling yeah. you is that be careful about the short term looking for these big changes and live the relationship you're in. And if you can live and celebrate the place you're in in this relationship, that means you're going to feel better about him. He's going to feel better. And then eventually opportunity can come around for you guys to speak. Now, you're right. You can't be there forever, right? Yeah. But nobody expects you to be there forever. He doesn't expect to be there forever. Um, sometimes you take a little rest stop and you got to fill up and, uh, and, uh, and the trip. And, and so maybe you're at a rest stop right now. I don't know. What I want to encourage you to do is keep your eye on the vision, but look very carefully at the, at the movement that you're making and remind yourself of the good things. Maybe you need to write them down somewhere. Um, this is better. This is different or whatever. And I think that could be a, a really powerful uh, thing to help you. And then the final thing is, you know, again, don't guess what he's thinking or feeling. You made a comment earlier that said, well, I just think he's comfortable. You have no idea what's going through that mind. Um, and if you oh, make that me. assumption – he told me he was what did he say? <laughs> yeah, he said that what we he, live what? in this little comfortable space right now. And that those are his words that, that you know, he's comfortable in the space right now because there's no pressure and there's no mm-hmm. um no that really that there's no pressure that we're just kind of growing. Okay. Well, that's okay. So that's not necessarily a bad thing either. So I'm glad first of all that that he's communicated that to you. Um so resist any guessing, and that's good when you have there. So if he's comfortable, I guess the question I would ask is, is what's wrong with that? Um, I guess nothing's wrong with it, except I, I, I think I'm just overthinking it, and I think that I don't know if it's in, I don't know if it's impatient, if it's like been ten months, because it seems like I've been patient, but yeah. I think that's what it is. It's just like I'm ready for this and he's not so I just have to right and I do have to remind myself that things are better like he calls every night to say goodnight to me he tells me he loves me every day and and I just need to 
remember those things. And, and I did ask him, like, you know, what what are you afraid of moving forward? And he just says that, you know, he's afraid that this freedom that he has now, that he doesn't necessarily want to give it up yet. And he's afraid that, you know, if we start be, you know, showing more affection towards each other, that I'll feel something and he won't, and he doesn't mm-hmm. want to give me that, you know, like yet. And so, so those are big yeah. things. So I know what his fears are. I think are. it's I huge. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess I just need to be in the valley. I mean, because really, honestly, we weren't, you know, like I said, good until like probably December where, you know, we were still, we'd go weeks without talking to each other and it, it was just awkward and weird when we were with each other. And it was around Christmas where things just changed and now we're comfortable with each other and he's here two or three nights a week and just hanging out. And I think I just need to re- be okay here. And I think that's my problem is just being okay here for now. Yeah, well, I was not given a gift of patience, that's for sure. So I'm not, I am not here <laughs> criticizing you by any stretch. You know, I look at the microwave and say, hurry up on a regular basis. So, but I, I, I am proud of what you're doing. I think you're doing a good job. I want to encourage you to just resist pushing and consider the fact that comfort's not a bad thing. I don't know that you guys are in the valley right now, but comfort's not a bad thing. Um, in fact, uh, I, I want to be where I'm comfortable. And, uh, yeah. you know, that might work in your favor. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy this time. Learn from it. If you have a question about it, ask him for it and uh, and try to live this place for a little bit. And uh, I'd like to hear how you guys keep to progressing on that. All right. Great. Thank you. Angela, thank you so much. We'll keep you in our thoughts and prayers. Take care. Aaron, you probably get a lot of calls from people who um, feel like they're stuck. A lot of calls. A lot of calls, right? And you, I'm sure you sense the frustration in their voices and in their lives as a as a regard to, you know, they just feel like they've been standing forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a lot of a lot of people, um, and and they don't know what to do. They feel mm-hmm. like I can't stay here forever, mm-hmm. and they feel like a week is forever. Yeah. yeah. And it feels that way, doesn't it? I mean, you know, when you're in pain, um, I, I've got to admit, you know, I. I God knew what he was doing when he chose women to be able to have a baby because I'm pretty sure the human race would have died out a long time ago if he'd have chose most of us men. I'm not good at long-term pain. I'm not good at struggling with those kind of things. And if you're in pain for 30 minutes, it feels like forever. So I do see that. But one of the most powerful things we can do is, is when you're in a place like that where you're discontent or you're struggling is continue to look forward. And let me give you all a, a quick word of advice when it comes to evaluating time. Number one, in the future, I want to encourage you to resist using time as an evaluator for movement in any of the relationship. That means, well, I'll, I'll leave it till July or I'll look till August and because it's just a poor way to evaluate how the relationship is moving. The second area is if you're looking backwards, and a lot of times I'll hear people, they'll say, hey, I discovered that my spouse was disconnected from me, let's say, in, in June of last year. And so they'll say, you know, I've been standing for like eight months and, and, and are we've been, the most common thing here, and they'll say is I've been working on this for eight months. And so one of the things I'll try to do is bring them back to more of a, an accurate view of that, which is, you know, you might determine you've got a problem eight mm-hmm. months ago, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're working on it. And a lot of times it, it, the problem we discovered eight months ago 
but now it's 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 February, right? And just two weeks ago, we just discovered what do we need to do, right? And then once we discover it, we start implementing, and it takes a little while for that to start working in the system of of the relationship. So in essence, don't don't take this the wrong way, but in essence, what you want to do is really, if you're going to evaluate time wise, you want to evaluate based on when you started adding the cure or the remedy to what's happening, and that's a big deal because what you're doing at that point is encouraging yourself in a healthy way, in a healthy way. And we want to make sure you give yourself the energy that you need to do that. So thanks so much for everybody that's listening. Again, if you want to get in the queue, 657-383-0812, press number one, and our call screener will uh, jump right in. Uh, Aaron, we got another caller. We do. We Let's see here. We've got um, Jose from Illinois. Jose? What's going on, Jose? Hi. Hey, what's up, guys? Hi. Um, all right. So I called last week, uh, because my wife was moving out of the house. Uh, it turns out she moved out this week and she's out the house now. Uh, she just moved out two days ago. So, uh, here's the issue that, that, that is going on. Well, she moved out. We left on good terms, but her cousin who I'm really close with confirmed my suspicions. Uh, she's secretly dating a guy. Um, the guy from a picture I saw last week. Uh, well, I, I saw the picture like a month ago. I saw they started talking sometime, and he said they started talking sometime in November, and it's escalated. Uh, her behavior changed. Uh, she's got mood swings with me, or she had mood swings with me. She was very forgetful, uh, guarding her phone, and she was kind of paranoid about, you know, her phone and stuff like that. And my gut tells me that it's already turned sexual. Uh, he was at her new place helping her move in while I was helping her move out on this side. Uh, I didn't find out this until later. Uh um, uh, she, uh, she rushed me and her family to load up all the stuff and, you know, cause the guy was waiting over there. So it was like, she, the guy was on her mind. She forgot a lot of the stuff too. just packed a whole bunch of stuff and she's got to come back to pack more. So Melody's my coach. And, uh, we were talking about safe, uh, you know, being a safe place and smart contact. Um, but, uh, I'm kind of struggling with how to even be a safe place in this situation because she doesn't know. I know. Uh, and I'm not going to bring up her family member who told me all this information. He's told me some hurtful things. He says, cause I, I was in the limerent affair, uh, six months ago, it was discovered, uh, when she pretty much said, I'm done with this. That's when I snapped out of it. I mean, I had to go through the grieving process and everything, but I started working, uh, but that's what snapped me out of it. And now she started going out and he told me he tried going, going home with different guys. And then now she's with this guy. And so now I, I just don't know without, I, I, I don't know how to be a safe place without giving the message that I have no value. Uh, and that I'm just endorsing what she's doing. You know, I don't want to feel mm. okay. I, you know, I don't feel okay with this. I don't want to feel okay with this. I don't want to tell her that, you know, Hey, I'm endorsing this. I'm okay with this. Um, I feel like she's testing things out and I'm plan B because she's, you know, she said things like, uh, don't wait for me. I'm glad I can depend on you no matter what. And so I, I just don't know where to even, how to even be a safe place. Cause it's like, if I, but, but I feel like if I don't talk about this, we're, we're just not on the same page. We're not getting closer. She's keeping that secret. Well, Jose, I'm very, very sorry that, uh, this is happening. Um, you know, I, I, I can't imagine the pain you're experiencing right now. Um, so I, I will say this, that um, 
I think I've heard quite a few times where people have made the statement, you know, I need to say something. Otherwise, you know, they're going to think I think this is okay. Uh, is, is that what you believe? You believe if you don't tell her, hey, I'm not good with you being with another guy, she's going to think you think it's good. Okay. No, I, I, I just, I want to okay. be a safe space, but by being a safe space, I feel like I'm saying, uh, I'm saying I have no value. You can tell me anything. I'll be your friend. I, I'm not okay with that. I mean, uh, I don't know how long okay. you know, she's just in the, the beginning phases. She's just, she's just in the beginning phases of, of possibly being limerence with this guy. Cause I went through it. I know what it's like. And she did tell me that she might want to, um, she might want to go to the, the seminar. I sold it to her, you know, sold her the idea. And she said, well, what are the dates? Mm-hmm. And, and I gave her the dates and she said, well, let me, let me think about it. Give me some time. And then I brought it up before she left. And I told her, listen, I really, I would like some closure. You know, if, if you know, I want, I want you, you know, I, if, if this is going to be a closing of the chapter, let's go do this. And, you know, you'll learn a lot. I'll learn a lot. And then you can take that to another relationship. Is that, is that what you want? But she had mentioned something like, well, I, can I go by myself? I said, no, it's kind of, we got to go together. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like the more time passes and the more that relationship develops, it's just, it's just going to be a flat no. Um, and so I'm, you know, it's just going to be a flat no, especially because uh, she's a very loyal woman. And, you know, I spent 14 years with her and she only had two boyfriends before that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know so, that part of what she's acting like this is because she's hurt. So I, I just don't know what to do. Well, Jose, so uh, one of the things that you struggle with, I think, here is acceptance. And what I mean by acceptance oh, yeah. is this is where you are. So, uh, I mean, I, I think you have to come to a term where it says you have to accept that you can't make her, force her, manipulate, convince her to do anything. That's her choice. Yeah. Um, whether or not, yeah. you know, whether or not you agree with it or not. Um, and so being a safe place does not involve when it's convenient. It involves when it's actually inconvenient, and that's probably one of the harder areas. What I can respect what you said is I'm just not there. And if you're not there, then don't put yourself in, in the place to be there. Don't tell her you're a safe place and then let her tell you something, and then you, you treat it poorly because in the scope of the larger vision, it would be better for you not to be there, not to be her, her, her as it were, sounding block or, or, um, or place to, to vent. Um, that it is for her yeah. to vent to you, and then you respond inappropriately. Um, it's because it's about a emo- positive emotional connection, and that's what the safe place is about. Yeah. It's about building intimacy, and the only way I can do that is to allow you to take down bricks with acceptance, with immunity. doesn't mean we don't show emotion. doesn't mean we're not hurt, but what we do with the emotion yeah. is what's key. And so I think that there's a piece of this that you have to come with with some – uh, acceptance of where you are right now. Um, yes, it is possible that uh, she builds a deeper relationship with this person. It, it is possible. Um, nevertheless, right. jumping into that or inserting yourself into that may not be the best uh, course of action. Rather, being available um, and reframing that availability as not I'm, I'm plan B, um, but rather um, I'm available. It's not about a plan. I'm not sure that most people I talk to in these situations have this, this schematic drawn out of what they're trying to do. Um, there may be a hope. Yeah. She may be hoping you'll be available. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, I don't think when I was in Limerence, if, if indeed she's there, I sure wasn't thinking of Shannon being a separate. My guess is that if indeed you were in Limerence or an emotional affair six months ago, that you weren't thinking of your wife as a fallback. Um, most people out there in that, that place are not thinking about their spouse at all. 
Does that sound accurate? Right. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. I, I loved her. I just wasn't thinking about her. But right now she, you know, because of the hurt, she, she doesn't see me as she wants to move on. So she's doing everything to move on. Is that what she told so you? She said, I, I, she, said, she said, because you hurt me, I want to move on. I don't want to talk anymore. Is that what she yes. said? Yes. So, yes. okay. And, so what's, and for the, what's four the answer there? That she wants to move on. Well, no, that's, that's what she said. But what's your answer? So she says, I want to move on um, because you've hurt mm-hmm. me. Okay. So what's your okay. response well, yeah, to that? What I, Oh, my response at, at that time was, I, I, I accept what you're telling me. I just hope that one day, you know, uh, we can reconcile or we can, ha- you know, you can have sure. feelings from me again. And I was, and then, uh, I was a state, I mean, I was out. Yeah. And she was, she just stayed quiet. She didn't really say anything. She just kind of shook her head. Yes. I mean, I've been mm-hmm. doing, I've been practicing this for four months really well. And it, it's really helped out a lot. It, it definitely gave me a leg up to where I'm at. The problem is she just moved out. If she would have stayed home, we could have gotten somewhere better but it's just like a little well let me and if I, you don't mind let me challenge yeah. that thought for a minute you're, you're so I, I don't i don't think that um I, it could be it's a challenge when someone moves out but um it's probably yeah. more of an emotional and mental challenge than anything um uh, yeah. if you're staying connected and you're speaking i want to encourage you to stop looking at this as an obstacle of like well you know that was it so unless she's dying tomorrow god forbid then, then the opportunity yeah. to influence is still there. It's also a great opportunity for you to yeah. develop the habit of positive influence. So you can't change those things. Um, I, I, if you could do whatever you can to get that out of your mind as an obstacle, it's already passed. So it's yeah. already happened. She's out. Let that go and then move forward in how you're investing in her in a positive way. That means be careful about those pushes. Give her the space she needs and stop listening to your cousin, frankly. Um, the, the, yeah. the truth about that is, is people want to help us. They think that if we know all this extracurricular information, it's going to, it's going to give us yeah. some kind of clarity. It doesn't, it just gives us, yeah. I mean, forgive me, you know, poop smells like poop. You, yeah. you don't need more of it, you know, and people think they're going to help yeah. us with that. And, and, and it's not, so you may have to tell your cousin, Hey, look, I, I don't need these reports anymore. I need to stay true to my vision, which is I'm trying to hold to this relationship. And frankly, those things are discouraging. Yeah. They're not going to give me any more info. They're not going to have me any more ch- uh, uh, um, planning. And it doesn't, no matter what she's yeah. doing, that doesn't change your remedy for where she is in the current state. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so you yeah, want to really stay, just, uh, you really want to stay a part of that. All right. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I think my the, the problem I have is is with thinking that um, by being a safe place I lose value and I'm just uh, I'm just somebody that you can always fall back on. I don't know why well, I, I feel like that. Yeah, that's that's your framing in your own mind. I want to encourage you to just realize yeah. that that isn't your value, and she doesn't determine your value, yeah. my friend. You get to do that. Yeah. You've been fearfully and wonderfully created. And you have a great coach. You said Melody's your coach. And uh, so yes, you have sir. a great coach. And talk to Melody a little more about that. But I just say, remember who you are. Um, and actually, yeah. you being willing and able to do that shows how valuable and how strong you are. It's not how weak you are. It's how strong you are. And so I appreciate yeah. your stand, buddy. Thanks for giving us a call today. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye, Jose. Bye. Bye-bye. You want to take one All right, more? Yep, I think we have time for for one more. Um, we're gonna do Robin from Missouri. Robin, can you hear us? Yes, yes, I can. 
Hey, Hi. Robin, this is Can you hear me? I'm glad you're here. Yeah, you sound wonderful. You sound great. Uh, what's your yeah, question today? Uh, yes, hi. Well, I'm I'm in the um, Mary Chopper course, uh, Save My Marriage. I'm on week six. My oh, question nice. is, my yeah, my husband, um, he is very disconnected from me. He, he's a bit of an introvert. Um, he said that I've been controlling and manipulative, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want me to control him anymore. So that's kind of a big issue, and he, he just says he's not happy and he wants to be happy. And so I've been researching and kind of studying the different aspects of controlling, and I've, I feel like I've changed, and I, and I want to change, and I want to work on our marriage. The problem is he doesn't. Um, you know, he doesn't want to work on the marriage. He's found a new group of friends. One of them is a um, 29-year-old coworker. My husband's 49, and they text one another quite often. Um, so they're, you know, they're, they've become close friends. He does events with her. Um, hmm. Like he joined, he joined a, a team uh, uh, that she's a part of this team, and he's the referee on this team. So he goes to practice Mondays and Thursday nights, and then he does another event with her. It's a group event on Fridays. He says that he is not um, in love with her. He says that they're not intimate. Um, I do feel that she is somewhat unattainable, but I, I'm not trying to fool myself either. So I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out, is is his actions because of limerence or is his actions because of, you know, the controlling aspect? Because, you know, number one and number two, um, how how can I approach him? Because um, anytime I bring up any sort of conversation about the about the relationship, he he gets very just angry and says it's annoying. I'm just being annoying, and he says he doesn't want to leave the marriage. Um, you know, because we do have children, he doesn't want mm-hmm. to leave the marriage. But I mean, he's quite content with, with the way it is. If I leave him totally alone, don't question him at all, and let him go to these events, let him continue to text his quote unquote friend. And, right. and obviously, I can't. I feel like I can't stop him from doing anything but yet i you know i'm lonely and isolated and you know i just i don't know what to do <laughs> basically and i'm trying to figure out I'm what sorry, state he's in what you know yeah i really am uh, feeling alone is 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 a just a terrible feeling i'm very sorry for that with you well i, I have no idea what he's thinking i wish i did um <laughs> then mm-hmm. i could probably give you some uh, sneak peeks in the, into, into what's happening and where he's going and how I can best help you. Here's, here's a couple of things that, that I, I can tell you. Um, control, if it, a lot of this is about perception. And so control for, for most people is, has a little bit of truth and a little bit of fantasy in it because perception is the way I see things and I feel they are becomes my reality. Um, there are probably a number of things that he felt or feels that you were controlling in that, that were just personality driven or maybe things he didn't do. So you took over and did those things, whatever the case may be, he has now this perception of, of who you are. It may not be accurate. It may be accurate based on your past. Um, You said you've brought some change in. So that means you've had some recognition to, to maybe some of your stumbling blocks. And I want to commend you for being number one, able to, to see it, being willing to recognize that because a lot of people can't get there. And then number two, institute some change and or bring into some ability to become a different human in behavior. This isn't changing who you are as a human being. It's changing how you act. And if we change how we act, that can affect the way people see us, right? And, mm-hmm, and, yeah. and so when it comes to this, let me explain the method of change and how people are able to accept it. So let's say someone has an opinion of me. Um, the opinion is that I'm rude or whatever. 
Well, so I finally recognize that I'm that I'm being perceived as rude, and that's a hard discovery in itself if you've ever uh, come to some personal recognition of your own failures. And then so you look at that and say, shoot, I'm rude. Now, how do I fix that? So then you determine how to fix it, and you figure out, you know what I got to do? I got to change X, Y, and Z. And so I change X, Y, and Z, and I start doing that for about a week, right? I'm two weeks. Well, the struggle there is the opportunity of engagement with the person who thinks I'm rude. So say it's my wife. So Shannon thinks I'm rude and, and well, you know, she hasn't seen me at work or talking to the, the representative up from the cable company and God knows that can test your patience any day of the week. And so I'm, I'm kind to that person and I, well, I'm actually practicing this thing, changing my behavior, but she may not even see it or recognize it because most people don't. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. what happens is let's say she starts recognizing it. It starts happening, and she goes, hmm, that was different. He normally would respond this way, but he didn't. Well, the first thing people do when they recognize that change is they challenge it. They say, hmm, I don't know if I believe that. It's just part of what humans do. So you know what? I don't know if I believe that. So at that point, though, they become aware Before they weren't really aware, now they're more aware, so now they're kind of watching from afar. They want to see if you're going to be consistent in this new change that they're not even sure really happened. And so you're doing it, and you're staying as consistent as possible. Well, you you have to be consistent. The more inconsistent you are, the more they say, ah, that was an accident. But the more consistent you are, then they'll say, you know what, I think there was a change. And then they'll begin to accept it, right? And once they begin to accept it, then they'll begin to believe it and change as a result of that recognition. Are you with me so far? Mm-hmm. Yes. None of that happens in yeah. a day. That's the challenge. Mm-hmm. This is something mm-hmm. that happens over the scope of who knows, weeks or a month, depending on how deep the perception is, will determine on how long it takes to make this this change oh, and also the opportunity to demonstrate it. So where you're best suited is to stay consistent in the change of where you do not demonstrate control, right? Now, control is seen in many different ways. We, we talk about the – you've heard us use the word pies and how we need to work on that in regards to attraction and be the best person mm-hmm. for ourselves. But, but really, this pies stands for the same thing, physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual – but it's how we control people. So you want to examine how physically you're doing things. It could be just your, a presence or maybe intellectually. Are you arguing a fact where you're just trying to, in air quotes, help? Or maybe it's emotionally. You're demonstrating that you're upset or this bothers you a lot, um, different things. Or maybe it's spiritually, you know, based on these rules or whatever. I don't know. This mm-hmm. is for you to evaluate. But look at, am I possibly controlling or demonstrating things that he may perceive as control. This is all Mm -hmm. a self-evaluation. Okay. Now, Mm -hmm. if you're having good dialogue with him, you might be able to ask that. Hey, look, you know what? I know that in the past you uh, thought I was controlling or see me as controlling. You know, I've, I've seen that in a few areas. Can you tell me, another way or some ways that I've been controlling because I really want to work on that because I want to be the best person I can be. This is nothing about the relationship. Mm-hmm. It's just about, you know, Robin, you being the best human that you've been created to be. So, so you start that conversation, be willing to listen without defensiveness. So if he starts telling you, well, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like the way you, you know, whatever, um, then, then, then resist going into, yeah, but that's because a simple, mm-hmm. you know what, thank you for sharing that with me. I appreciate it. And then walking away. And then that, those mm-hmm. are great things that you can discuss with your coach. I don't know if you have a coach, but 
but to get with one of the coaches, those are the kind of things you can step back behind the scenes and say, hey, let's talk about this. And as you begin to discuss that with your coach, um, they can help you process it and then apply it in a way that's a little bit better. So this takes a period of time. Um, and the hardest part mm-hmm. in that, Robin, and girl, I am, uh, I'm preaching to the choir. I know I am there, okay? <laughs> and that is the mm-hmm. hardest part is you know how hard you're working on it. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. the times you've bit your tongue where the blood has come out, right? Mm-hmm. You you know those things. He won't know that. And it's easy for that, mm-hmm. that, listen to my word, the ignorance, in other words, the lack of knowledge of what's happening in you, for you to then get frustrated. And frustration comes out in a lot of different just wild ways. And, of course, then you shoot yourself mm-hmm. in the foot, so to speak. So you got to find ways to encourage yourself that way, that you're doing well with it. It's going to take a minute for him to recognize it. And then when he does, it's not like, see, I told you, or whatever. It's just like, oh, thank you for that compliment. And then move on with life um, and live this space that you're in. Th- does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. And and one other question, you know, I ha- uh-huh. so we we're still in the same household, we're still in the same bed, we're still intimate. But one question I have the the fact that he does text um this young lady it bothers me quite a bit. And sure. I just want to ask you guys about boundaries. I mean, am I allowed and I don't know, is that controlling? Like if I if I want to set a boundary and say, "Hey, I really need you to uh stop texting this woman and would you mind actually not doing events with her either because we're not able to kind of patch this the split in the him him of our relationship. I mean, is that controlling, or is, are you allowed to set boundaries, or what's your take on that? That's a great question. So there's two things I want you to consider, okay? And you may not accept both of them today. I was just writing them down. But there's two things you might want to consider um, on this, and, and let it gel a little bit after we get offline here. Number one okay. is boundaries are for you. Um, they're not about him. A lot of people misunderstand boundaries and different things like that because they're trying to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to put a boundary out there, which is you can't do this. Well, how are you going to enforce mm-hmm. that? All right. I mean, you, you know, you're going to arrest him, lock him in the basement. I mean, you know, I'm being facetious here, but I mean, there's no way to enforce that um, in any real mm-hmm. way. Um, and so and if that person's had no peace in formulating the agreement, so to speak, um, then they're probably going to perceive that as control. So boundaries mm-hmm. are about you, um, and, and boundaries are about I can't do this, take this, or whatever anymore, so I'm setting a boundary of protection up for me so that I either don't hurt them or allow them to hurt me. I, actually, I should change that word so I don't damage them or they don't damage me over the long haul. Thus, I put a boundary mm-hmm. in place. In my opinion, mm-hmm. boundaries are, are the last effort um, that you put in a relationship after you've done everything you can to have a positive emotional experience with them, developing that report. Now, that transitions to my second statement, which is you have to readjust your focus. See, Robin, right now you're okay. focused, and this is common, very common. And if I was in your shoes, um, I'd probably have a similar desire. And that is your focus mm-hmm. is on the wrong thing. Your focus is on this other girl. Your focus is on him texting this other girl. Okay. Um, he is perceiving a need being met via that channel, okay? And Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying it's right. I'm not at all. I just want you to hear where the remedy is. The real remedy is for you to focus not on this other person because they're they're irrelevant to the the relationship you have with your husband. Yeah, but they're in the Mm -hmm. way and they're a distraction. Oh, absolutely. But I can tell you this. Mm -hmm. If your focus is on her, see, you, you can't control him or her. You can't control how mm-hmm. much texting happens. And, and you can confront it as much as you want, 
but it'll just probably go underground if that's what they want to do, right? Right. Yes. So, so what's the answer there? The answer there is focusing on what is really important, which is your emotional connection in a positive way to your husband. So how you're dealing with him, are you adding value to him? Now, look, this isn't fair, okay? None of this is fair. Mm-hmm. And, and if you hang on to that, you're going to be really ticked off in a really quick time. What this really is about is you having a mature, long-term vision. And some of you have heard me say that today, and if you've ever coached with me, you know for sure I talk this way. But vision is simply defined as a, as a um, highly detailed mental picture of your preferred, preferred outcome, which is, you know, what do you want the preferred outcome of this to be? And if I want that to be ultimately reconciliation and a marriage that is satisfactory and that is sustainable and that we love one another in demonstration and in emotion, then I'm going to stay focused on that, which means if our relationship's broken here, if he quits texting other woman, he still may not come back to me. Because people mm-hmm. typically don't leave one relationship unless they perceive they're going to another one. And if they perceive the relationship they're currently in as being so bad, they'll even go to nothing. So this is about staying mm-hmm. on what the real problem is, right? Um, it, I, the last thing I'll say about that is maybe you can put this in your mind. You know, it, it would be like you have lung cancer and you're, you're constantly focusing on your cough. Oh. She's a cough. Yeah compared to what the real problem mm-hmm. is, okay? And, and so if you can focus there, that means your energy is going to a place that you can actually control. So you could control how you treat him. You could control how you talk, uh, speak to him and work with him. You can't control any of that other stuff. And, and it may not be exactly what you want to hear, but I'd love for you to process that. Connect with one of our coaches if you're not, and let them help you with that, because I think they're, you're going to need some support during this time, okay? Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. All right. Robin, thank you so much for calling today. I wish you the best. All right. Thank, thank you. Robin. All right. Well, it looks like we have, uh, we've gotten towards the end of our show here. If you're on the queue or in the queue and we didn't get to you, I want to say I'm sorry about that. Um, give us a call next week. Um, I also want to encourage you, if you're looking for some next steps, give us a call here at Marriage Helper. You can call us at our 866 number. That's 866-903-0990. Um, connect with one of our CRs, like yeah. like uh, Aaron here. Aaron is a uh, is a lot more talkative when she's on the phone with you guys. And of course, when Jim's I, not around, yeah, they, she doesn't let me on the phone with her because I, I I talk a lot. But anyway, um, you can speak with Aaron. We have another uh, a couple of other um, representatives out here waiting for you to be able to speak with you. We want to be able to help you get to wherever you need to be in this relationship. Now, keep in mind, these aren't coaches. These are people to help you discover a next step, and that could be through our Save My Marriage course. It could be through a coaching. It could be coming to our weekend workshop. We got one starting this weekend um, with a number of couples, and we do that every two weeks. Either way, they can help you out to help you see your next step. They may not have the answers for you, but they can help you get to the place that can bring you the answers. If you don't have time to call, you can also um, check us out online on www.marriagehelper.com. Dot com And we have tons of, of complimentary resources on there and things that you can be a part of. Um, we want you to know we're here to help in any way that we can. We are sorry for the pain you're going through, but I promise you, if you can create a vision, hold to that vision, and do the right things, the probability for the success in your marriage is there. For Dr. Joe Beam, I am Jim Porto. I want to say thanks for being with us today, and we wish you the best. We'll talk to you next week.